lesson uh, going through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. And uh, last week we uh, got into the part of the Bible dealing with the dispensation of conscience. Uh, uh, Cain uh, kills Abel, and you find uh, that there is a progression of depravity and violence and wickedness and evil that spreads over the world. And uh, the Bible says that the world becomes very evil in Genesis 6, 1 through 7. And the Lord determined that he was going to destroy the earth that he had made. And the Bible says he repented that he ever made man. Uh, but Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Thank God for grace. I would say to you today, the fact that you have an interest in the things of God, that is a witness of God's grace working in our life. Uh, and uh, no doubt you look in the world and it appears that so many are oblivious and ignorant of the grace of God. Uh, it's because they're not heeding the call. They're not listening for the voice. They're not hungry and thirsty for good and virtuous things. The scripture says, The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And uh, whenever we begin to clean up our life, we cease to be drunks and high. We cease to be gamblers and liars. We cease to be loose uh, in our morals. And we, when we cease to do those things, we endeavor to do good things, right things, virtuous things, that means that we are allowing the grace of God to bring about a change in our life. And the grace of God uh, was, was blessed upon the man Noah. Uh, Noah found grace. There was something good, righteous in his generation. And grace taught Noah how to be saved from the destruction that was to come. And the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. And ultimately, that's what... Noah did. The Bible says that when Noah finished the boat, that the Lord, uh, with Noah's assistance, brought the animals onto the boat, two by two of the unclean animals and seven of the clean animals. And finally, the Lord had him get on the boat, and the Lord shut the door, and in a week, it began to rain. And it rained, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained, and it more than rained. The Bible says that it broke up the fountains of the deep. Uh, the windows of heaven were open, and it was a cataclysmic event. The, the Bible says that water covered every high place. Everything on the earth was covered. And there, every moving, living, breathing thing on the earth perished, save those on the boat with Noah. Noah and his plan of grace given to him by God, he and his house were saved because God gave him grace and they followed the plan. <clears throat> and it's an amazing thing. You know, one of the most common uh, fossils in all the world are fossilized closed clams. It can be found on every mountain range around the earth. 
And an interesting feature in today's popular culture is there are people that don't believe in God, but they have concluded that there was a worldwide flood, a cataclysmic event. Uh, they attribute comets, they attribute other uh, natural phenomenon, but something that has never is is hard for us to imagine. And the only reason why they believe it is the geographic. Uh, evidence is that there were these large unimaginable flows of water they find graveyards of prehistoric animals just boneyards of millions of animals in just one place they found in other places frozen uh, woolly mammoths frozen solid all the way to the core something cataclysmic something that caused these these beast eating tropical vegetation in the northern hemisphere and there in that moment of eating they're fast frozen they find frozen baby elephants and there's all kinds of evidence that something cataclysmic happened and we know what happened because the bible tells us so every ancient civilization they have found there are these uh these uh, flood narratives and talks about a man, his family, and a boat. How is that? Because all of mankind from Noah and his three sons, all of the earth was overspread again with people. And, and uh, well, here we are today. And so God judged the world with a flood and the Lord saved them. Even the, 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 the Bible says of the days of Noah that there was great wickedness. The earth was full of violence. Noah, a preacher of righteousness. Noah and his family were safe. And the ungodly were punished by the flood. This kind, same kind of judgment is coming to the world we live in. The Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. So it's important if you want to be saved for the coming judgment, you need to get right. You need to respond to the grace of God that brings salvation and pursue the, the, the gospel, believe in the gospel, obey the gospel, and let the gospel of grace change your value system and, 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 and help you to pursue a life that God can bless. And so that's where we're, 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 what we're endeavoring to do. And following the, the flood, that we enter a third dispensation. Again, dispensation is just a, a kind of a word to kind of help you divide up different times of man's experience with God. And this third dispensation is a dispensation of human government. Uh, there is Noah's covenant. And the Lord uh, tells him, uh, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. And there, the three sons of, of Noah, Shem, Japheth and Ham. And from those three men, all the earth and the ethnicities sprang. So if you are watching this video, you and I are cousins. Uh, whether it's uh, through Shem or Japheth or Ham, or whether it may be through Father, uh, <laughs> Father Noah, uh, because God... Uh, instituted a covenant with him. And he said, as long as earth remains, seed time and harvest will not cease. And I will not destroy the earth again with water. Oh, there's coming a great destruction. 
it will not be with water. The next time will be with fire. And uh, we don't want to be here. We don't want to experience the the unmitigated judgment of God that is coming on the earth. And I believe if you study the scripture, you'll find that we're closer to that day than ever before because it's amazing to see what has happening written in the Bible that was unthinkable, impossible, and now today it is plausible, even convenient. And so you find they spread out. Japheth went uh, to the to the, I guess from this this graphic, uh, Japheth went to the the north. Shem went to the west, the 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 south, and kind of uh, north northeast. And Ham went south. And so you see this. Uh, the Bible tells us which directions they went. And uh, there's a lot of archaeological uh, evidence that these these different groups of people they have these characteristics, and they find their root in the three sons of Noah, and and the dispersal ultimately uh, came to pass. And we find uh, the next major character that enters into the Bible narrative is a man by the name of Abram. Uh, he becomes the father of the faithful. The Lord changes his name. And the Bible says in Genesis 15 and 6, And he, Abraham, believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And so the Lord made covenant with Abraham that he would uh, give him a country, that his uh, offspring would be as the stars of heaven, a spiritual seed through whom all families of the earth would be blessed, and that he, his seed, would be blessed financially. And the sign of the covenant of Abraham was the Lord commanded Abraham and all the men of his house to be circumcised. And uh, it is interesting to consider that all the things that trip up and mutilate and um, pervert mankind, it is in the area of sexual impurity and the sign of the covenant with Abraham and Jehovah God was that he would be circumcised in his private part his foreskin if you will and I think it speaks to the command that we would be virtuous that we would seek to be pure uh, before God not just in our heart but in the way that we conduct ourselves that we would live a virtuous life sexually pure life and uh, you see that that there is a great perversion in the world if people are not uh, uh, well there's so much to say but you're living in the world you see how wicked it has become and uh, the Lord expects his covenant people to live sexually pure lives not just in your body but in your mind and your imagination we need to have a circum circumcision of our mind, our heart, and our life that was required of Abraham. I believe it's required of us today as well that we would honor God in our body in every way. The interesting thing about Abraham is through the New Testament, uh, Gentiles have access to the covenant of Abraham by faith. The physical seed of Abraham are the Hebrews, you see them in all over the United States, all over Europe. 
Uh, you see them in the land of Israel, scattered throughout the world. The curse God put upon the, the, the Israelites because of their idolatry and their sexual immorality. The Lord judged them. They've been scattered throughout the world. For thousands of years, they did not have a homeland. But as the Bible prophesied, one day the the nation of Israel would be reborn, and it has happened. In 1948, I believe it is, through the miracle of a relationship between the president when he was a little boy, Truman, and one of the leaders of the Zionist movement, they were just childhood friends. I believe it was in New Jersey. And that relationship is what pushed President Truman into the position of, of, of the United States recognizing and by, by extension the rest of the world recognized, uh, the rest of the Western world recognized Israel as a sovereign nation. And though their neighbors uh, attacked them over and over again, through the grace of God, you see the odds, you see the billions of people that surrounded them, just a small nation of a few people of biblical proportions, the Lord gave them victory over their enemies. And so uh, in the story of Abraham, that there is this uh, beautiful story of uh, Abraham and his nephew Lot. And at some point they, because of their prosperity, they split ways. And uh, Lot and Abraham uh, separated. And the Bible tells us the story of Lot and his family living in a, a city called Sodom. And the Lord told Abraham, I, 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 the, the, the wickedness of that city and that, that area, the neighborhood of cities, have come before me and I'm going to destroy everything in those five cities of the plain, Sodom and Gomorrah and there's a few others. And Abraham intercedes with God and says, will you spare, will the God of all the earth be unrighteous to judge the righteous and the wicked together? Uh, Abraham says, peradventure there be 50 righteous souls. Uh, it's estimated there are about 50,000 people in those five cities. And Abraham says, if there's just 50, would you spare all of them for 50 righteous souls? And the Lord relents and said, yes, if there's 50, I will spare them. And Abraham says, uh, well, let me speak again. What if you only can find 40? And the Lord concedes and said, if I can find 40. And Abraham gets to thinking about it, it seems. <laughs> this is really a wicked place. Lord, what if you could only find 30? And the Lord concedes and said, yes, if I can only find 30. And Abraham says 20. And the Lord says 20. And Abraham says, Lord, peradventure, if there be only 10 righteous souls. And among the 50,000 people, just 10, will you spare uh, Sodom and all of its sister cities? And the Lord says, if I can find five righteous, not five, 10 righteous, I will spare. And uh, the Bible shows us that the angels went down to the city and all of the city came down. And uh, the men of the city uh, sought to rape these men, to know them as men know women. And the Lord, the Lord showed the Bible shows us that the angel struck them with blindness, and they literally had to drag Lot, his wife, and his two daughters out of the city. And they told them, "Don't look back. Run to the mountains." 
But Lot's wife looks back, and the Lord judged her, and she became a pillar of salt. And the New Testament instructs us, remember Lot's wife. What's the lesson? I believe it's a lesson, don't love the world. In fact, the scripture says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if the love of the world is in you, the love of the Father is not in you. So we got to recognize we live in a world as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, and we must recognize we have got to flee <clears throat> this wicked world and not allow it to fascinate our hearts or fascinate our imaginations or gain hold where we love this world. Because if we love this world, we, 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 we indict ourselves that we really don't love God. But it's because you can't love God and love the wickedness that is in this world because it is the nature of wickedness. Either you're going to serve, surrender, and prefer wickedness over God or you're going to prefer God over all else. And so the Lord judges Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, archaeologists, I actually watched a video, I encourage you to watch it, on YouTube where they have found the area where it was a historical Sodom and Gomorrah. And historically, people knew this was the city that was destroyed with <clears throat> fire and brimstone. And they go through there in this video, and they, they, you could see forms of what looked like houses and buildings. And all through this this ash and this this uh, unnatural structure, that you find they find these solar not solar uh, uh, balls of uh, it's not sodium, it's uh, sulfur, sulfur balls. And they, they have this field, all this area. The Bible declares and history and archaeology proves to us that judgment, the God of the Bible, no doubt is a God of mercy, but he also is a God that has judged mankind and will judge mankind. And even today, the there are realities that curse our world that go all the way back to the previous sins of generations thousands of years removed from us and we gain uh, freedom from the curse and hope for ultimate deliverance from the curse at the second coming of Jesus Christ and i believe uh, Two more, two more slides. And so after Abraham, it is the fourth dimension. Uh, Abraham brings us from the third dimension. The fourth dimension is a dispensation of promise. And the Lord begins to deal with Abraham. And the Lord promises him, you're going to be the father of many nations. He didn't have any children. In fact, he wouldn't have children for many decades. But the Lord blessed him. First, he had a son from his wife's handmaiden, Ishmael. And years later, he had a son through uh, Sarah, his wife, Isaac. And from Isaac, the seed of faith, the, the, the covenant faith of Abraham between Jehovah God and himself, becomes a, a, a faith of the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and ultimately Jacob. <clears throat> and it's an incredible, incredible story. And I encourage you, you know, it doesn't really require a whole lot of effort if you wanted to read the, the life of Abraham. Uh, the life of Abraham, uh, it starts uh, Genesis, Genesis uh, 11, I think, 
Genesis 11, and you read to uh, Genesis 22, 23. So it's about 12 chapters. You can read it in about 25, 30 minutes. I, I, I sign you do that. It helps you kind of gain a glimpse of the fact that we can see our own self in the testing, the trials, the sacrifice, the, 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 the struggle of faith and dealing with reality. And God dealt with Abraham in that way. Yes. So I think I'm going to stop there. Because I want to pick up from there later. I hope that this lesson blessed you today. Uh, you know, the Lord hears our prayer. And ultimately, He desires us to pray. I believe time, sometimes God sets up circumstances to cause us to pray. And uh, one of the greatest things that can happen in your life, if something will happen that will cause you to pray, something would happen to cause you to be serious about seeking the face of God. Uh, it is in those times when we seek the face of God that we will, in fact, find God in our lives. And I encourage you for the blessing of yourself, for the blessing of your home, the blessing of your children, for the blessing of all that you love, if you will seek God, the blessing the Lord puts on your life, it is a, a contagion. <laughs> it's more contagious and a blessing of goodness when you will make a covenant with God and you will be faithful to God and you will pray and you will seek to live a life that is powered by grace. Live a life that follows the directions that, that grace will teach you. Everybody around you will be blessed. And I know that's God's will. You know, in the the later in the Bible, it talks about a man by the name of Obed-Edom. And uh, by circumstance, the Ark of the Covenant, which was a, a symbol of the covenant of, of God with the Jews, it came to rest in his house for a season. And the Bible says that when the Ark of the Covenant was in the house of Obed-Edom, that it blessed everything that pertained to Obed-Edom. And in my mind, that means everything. If the Bible says everything, that means everything. I just imagine that his, uh, his hens were laying double yolk eggs, that his uh, cattle were having triplets and quadruplets. I believe his wife probably kissed better. I believe his children acted better. I believe he got everything, everything that, that pertained to him was blessed because he had the symbol of the covenant in his house. And, and who doesn't want to be blessed by God? But you've got to be a caretaker. You've got to be someone that honors the presence of God and rejoices in the favor of, that God has brought his presence into your life. And when you will feel and you will act and you will live as one that has the responsibility of the covenant of God in your life, God will bless everything that pertains to you. And who doesn't want to be blessed by God? I do. I'm sure you do too. If you live in the Jackson, Mississippi area, I invite you to join us Wednesday night. We have prayer and Bible study at 7.30 and Sunday morning uh, begins with prayer at 9.30, coffee, donuts, uh, 10 o'clock for Sunday school, 10.45 for worship. 
and uh, we have a great time. What a wonderful service that we had on this Sunday. So God bless you, and uh, we will look forward to next Monday night, and pray that you're blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.